This is Building on the Solid Rock with Pastor Troy Neely of Calvary Chapel, Solid Rock. Let every family find faith in the Father's love. This is where it begins. This is our cry, this is our song, Jesus the way. We find our life in Him. There are a lot of brilliant people in the world. We even classify some of them. We have IQ tests and other forms of testing to test brilliance and mathematical things. And you know, it's funny because not all of them mean you're brilliant in every area. And some, well, for all the brilliance they have, they're pretty dumb. They're not wise. And so none of those things, as brilliant as someone can be in their processing of information, they cannot know this because this is something you have to experience to know. Who do you know? What do you know? Is there a difference between knowing about something and actually knowing something? Do you know about the promises of Jesus or do you know the promises of Jesus? One of Jesus' most wonderful promises is his promise of abundant life. And today, Pastor Troy shows that Jesus not only promises eternal life after death, he also promises abundant life in the here and now. Of course, to have abundant life, it's first important to know what abundant life is. Now, here's Pastor Troy in the book of John chapter 14 with today's edition of Building on the Solid Rock. We could live life abundantly here Now, not the world's abundant. He's not promising you millions of dollars. He's not promising you that if you're single, you follow him and all the women are just going to fall in love with you. You'll have your pick. He's not promising you that. But you will be fulfilled. And this is something that we're looking for. You'll have peace. You'll have what you need today in your life. You'll be living it. You won't look back in five years going, man, I really wish I had taken those piano lessons. You'll be living life going, man, Lord, I can't believe what you've done in and through my life, with my life. But you got to live it today. How many do you know who are living it today? Unfortunately, so many Christians will say things like, Man, boy, you pray and go, Lord, we know you're coming soon. Oh, hallelujah, I cannot wait. Oh, man, this life stinks. That's, no, it should be, hey, you come back today, great. If not, Lord, Paul the Apostle say, hey, to be with you is better. But to stay, I got life to live. Which one I choose, I don't know. That one's better. Right now, I got life to live. We need to learn that the Christian walk and the will of God It isn't something you add to your life or you prepare for. You don't add it to your life. You don't prepare for it. You walk in it. He calls you today. He has an agenda for you today. You can make a difference today. If we keep planning and preparing for and sacrificing everything for tomorrow, tomorrow never gets here. 
what does God want you to do today? See, when you start living today out for his glory, you're not overwhelmed. You don't think about tomorrow. You got enough today. It's going to be exciting today. There'll be some pain maybe. There'll be some joy. There'll be some victories. And there may be others who are experiencing certain defeats and you're in the midst and you're praying, but it's exciting. And you know the ice is not going to crack. So you don't have to worry and crawl on all fours like the world's falling apart. You go, okay, today wasn't my favorite day, Lord, but I got through it. And Lord, help me to do better tomorrow the things that you want me to do each day, living life. Every single person is going to face eternity. And we're to be busy about every day the eternal work that God has for us. It's exciting and it brings great joy. So the first promise we see here is a supernatural life. It's a life that unfolds as we're obedient. Look at verse 20. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. What? I'm in you, you in me. What what is that all about? Well, let's talk about what he's talking about. The promise of a supernatural knowledge. There would be this information that you have, that you get. What Jesus is saying is, he's speaking to his disciples, right? And his disciples are still under the impression that if Jesus goes away, they're going to be without him. How are they going to be able to continue the ministry without him when, if you really reflect on things, every time hard questions came up, they deferred to Jesus. Every time they messed up, Jesus fixed it. Sometimes Jesus did things that they were supposed to get, and they didn't, and he'd have to explain it to them off to the side. So they're thinking, if you go away, especially if he dies, we're going to have no access to you. Thus, the father you keep telling us you are an image of, we're not going to have access to him. So that's their mindset. And Jesus is informing them that's not true. It's just going to change. You're going to find you're in me. I'm in. There's a different relationship which is deeper and more personal than it was when I was walking next to you. The word know, K-N-O-W, used here, is not a word that's used for the acquiring of knowledge, like you would read a book or somebody would share information with you, and now you know it. The word know here is a word used of knowing something because you have experienced it and you know it. You will know. So he says, on that day, you will know that way. So here's Jesus. He's saying, after you witness my resurrection, and then I pour out my spirit in you. When that happens, on that day, you will know by your own experience that I am not God, but that I am in you. The Father is in me. We're still here. We're still right here with you. And our relationship will be even more intimate. And then he describes the new relationship in terms of being in and not next to or with. When the Spirit of God is in you, you are made alive like you've never been before. You hear things, you know, we all want to follow some great leader, right? Or be a part of some great thing, something bigger than ourselves. Well, when the Holy Spirit fills you, You're part of something much bigger. And leadership, 
when the Holy Spirit is leading, oh, he gives ideas that are well beyond what you think you're capable of. I don't have the time for that. Uh, Who controls time? Am I not asking? I think I know how much time you have. I don't think I have the ability for that. Whoa. What, What do you mean ability? Can you walk over to that thing? Can you get yourself over there? That's all I'm asking. And then I'll unfold everything. I just want you available. You don't have to feel like you're able. I want you to be committed and to trust me. The Holy Spirit begins to lead. And we begin to live. Not just exist. So Jesus has promised life. And this supernatural knowledge, which is an awareness that he is there speaking to us, in us. An ongoing relationship and access to the Father all the time. If you have Jesus, you have life and you know it. It cannot be taken away from you because you have experienced it. You know, there are some, they respond because in their mind, they are very convinced. That was great. This makes sense. They can even come up with certain illustrations to say, well, I feel kind of like this, an illustration type of thing. But it doesn't mean they have really experienced it because this is something you cannot know unless you experience it. You see, it's only when God puts his supernatural life into someone or into us that we really have our spiritual eyes opened and are able to see the way that we ought to beyond just this. There are a lot of brilliant people in the world. We even classify some of them. We have IQ tests and other forms of testing to test brilliance and mathematical things. And, you know, it's funny because not all of them mean you're brilliant in every area. And some, well, for all the brilliance they have, they're pretty dumb. They're not wise. And so none of those things, as brilliant as someone can be in their processing of information they cannot know this because this is something you have to experience to know you can't even explain it to them completely and those who know this never leave this those who know this and experience this follow the lord they endure perfectly no but we've been getting promises and Who is it that gets to experience this life and this knowledge? Well, we read in verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, he makes it clear, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my Father will love him. We will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. In other words, I'm not making this up on the spot. This is truth that I'm communicating to you, that which comes from the Father. Truth, always true, always has been. So now let's talk about this promise, the promise of a supernatural presence, a presence with us. He's saying, I'm only going to manifest myself to those who love me. Those who love me are those who obey my commands. That's what it means to love me, not just this mushy feeling when certain songs come on. I remember to call you. I just called to say I love you. I don't know if you know that song or not. If you do, you know where I'm at. 
Pastor Troy will return soon with the second part of today's message, so be sure to stay tuned. If you'd like to listen to more teachings from Building on the Solid Rock, we invite you to visit our website, buildingonthesolidrock.com. Pastor Troy has been teaching verse by verse through the Bible, and you can listen online to our archive of these messages. You can also download each teaching to listen to later, or share with your friends and family. You can even subscribe to Building on the Solid Rock podcast through iTunes. That way, you'll never miss a teaching, and you'll be notified as soon as we make these messages available. Find a link to subscribe when you visit buildingonthesolidrock.com. Now, here's Pastor Troy with the continuation of today's message. Judah says, well, it's a two-pronged question here. Some versions say how, others say why. It's both. It really means why or how are you going to manifest yourself just to us? If I see you, others can see you. And why would you only manifest yourself to us? Here's why the question is like this, why they have this question. They're still confused because they think Jesus is establishing his kingdom right here. And if he's got a throne, he's sitting here. You mean unbelievers can't see you? That's kind of weird. How is that going to work? He's unclear. And Jesus gives him, well, the right answer, explains. Right now, it's not about a physical kingdom. It's not a physical presence. But I will be in you. We'll have a relationship. That's how the kingdom is going to be established. By the way, that's how the kingdom is being established right now. He is the king. You can't be a king without a kingdom, so where is that? Well, if you are a believer and you call yourself a servant of the Most High God, well, he has someone in his kingdom. And throughout the centuries, Jesus has always had and has been building a kingdom. Believers. Every generation. And he is still Lord. Not dead Lord, but living. Still the Lord who guides his people, who gives them an agenda, who says, here's what we want to accomplish. Here's the mission. He's the king of kings, well and alive. You see, the difference in heaven and hell is really about relationship. The relationship with him, not knowledge, not you came forward for an altar call in one good moment, but relationship with him. Do you have it or not? It's not about your past. It's not about your parents. If your parents have a great relationship, well, every time when my mom's around, she makes me go to church. So, no. It's not about your parents. It's not about your problems that you use as an excuse or the problems that you've overcome and feel like you're good enough now. It's not about works, doing works and getting works done. It's not about religion and being a religious person, zealous for your religion. It's not about being spiritual minded. People have done some weird things in the name of being spiritually minded. Shirley MacLaine, I believe, stood to be at one with whatever essence God was. She says, I am God. I am God. To kind of become one with whatever is God out there. Spiritual can be just weird. Once we have a relationship with him, however, we are never the same. Nothing is ever the same. We have this newness of life. Things change. Direction changes. There's life. We gain a supernatural knowledge that he is there. He is real. We don't have to be convinced again. 
that he's real or that he's there, we know. He says, on that day, you will know. We're able to experience an active, growing relationship with him. And it doesn't depend on everyone else. Now, there's a condition to this experience of closeness with him, his presence, and that is obedience. You can never, ever enjoy the fullness of the Christian life or the closeness of his presence that you can. Never. I don't care how emotional you may feel in a moment. You can never really experience the closeness that he intends without obedience, apart from obedience. Cooperating with God in terms of what right and wrong is. Cooperating with God in terms of lifestyle choices. Cooperating with God in terms of his priorities. You can want it all you want. You can get emotional about it all you want. You can get angry about it all you want. But you cannot experience it or have it without obedience. This is what causes some to get frustrated. This is what causes some to turn their back and get angry and to blame God and to get angry for no reason at all. Because they know there's something more. They want something more. And maybe it's God's fault or someone's fault that they can't have it. But it's in the form of obedience. This isn't about salvation at this point. This is about closeness, intimacy, his presence. You can never enjoy the fullness of the Christian life apart from obedience. In fact, I believe it's possible to be saved and not really satisfied. Or that you can have salvation and not enjoy salvation. It's like hitting a wall. See, when we start to grow in the Lord, it's exciting. Just getting to church is the challenge, right? Oh, man, it's so hard to get up in the mornings. And then you realize the Lord's or the Holy Spirit starts to convict you. Well, it's these late nights on Saturday night. These late nights on Saturday night are interfering with your ability to get up on Sunday morning. And you go, oh, no, now he's convicted me of something else. It just keeps spreading. He keeps, he keeps putting his finger on stuff. But it's exciting. You know, he hasn't asked you to quit your job or, or certain things just yet. And so, like, oh, man, these are, oh, just getting there on Sunday mornings, man. For me, I was glad they had a Sunday evening service because that one worked for me in the beginning. And I gave my life to the Lord. It was wonderful. And then for me, it was, how about, how about a Sunday morning? Oh, man, Lord. I mean, I only, I only have two days that, that are weekend, and I really want to enjoy them. Oh, well, what do you call enjoying them? Oh, well, that's an interesting question. Uh, I haven't really thought about that. You see. <laughs> you know? And then he says, yeah, that's why we want to work on that. And he starts to expand his work in our heart and in our life. And it's a good thing. But see, what happens is we can all hit that brick wall in our growth. We feel like I've accomplished much. Hey, we got out of debt. Uh, my wife is back with me and we're doing good. We could do better, but we're doing good. I mean, she was going to leave me before, but hey, we're doing well. We even got a dog now. I mean, we're doing good. So we just kind of stop letting him change us. We hear, we go, I don't know if I need to do that. Hey, I don't want to become too zealous, too righteous. It's not like I want to walk on water or anything. My friends are even saying, hey, you're getting too holy. Not fun anymore. And so we can hit this wall. You resist the Lord who wants you to continue growing. 
Oh, not just your friends. You're not, I've arrived. Now let me pour out into my peasant friends who just don't know the Lord. No, no, no. He's still growing you. The difficulties, the challenges around you, the trials, all of this is not just because they're in sin. It's also because you need to grow up too. You need to learn when to stand up. You need to learn when to let go. Trust God. You need to learn not to get on all fours and crawl on the ice like it could give at any time, but to go, you know what? I'm going to walk. I'm going to cast some seed. Oh, don't want seed? All right, I'm going to keep casting seed. I'm going to keep going and enjoying what God's doing. That doesn't mean there won't be heartache and heartbreak and pain, but you shouldn't be sucked dry of all the joy like you're just existing and not living. See, to live, you need to obey and trust God. Arthur Pink, a notable Bible scholar, said, the manifestation of Jesus Christ is made only to the ones who really love him. And the proof of love to him is not an emotional display, but a submission to his will. The Lord will give no direct and special revelation of himself to those who are in the path of disobedience. I've known believers So many believers, in fact, who seem to live sub-relational lives with Christ. You talk to them, you pray. You hear this in prayer. And if someone dare say, like in their prayer, Lord, oh, one day you're coming back. We, oh, Lord, please. You know, then you get a witness. Oh, hurry, hurry back, Lord. Like this is such a miserable existence. I can't wait to get to heaven. That's not what Christ intended for us to feel down here. Paul did say, hey, I'd love, I'd rather be there with you. However, you see it's better for me here. I got life to live. And as long as I got life to live, I'm going to live it for your glory. Not Friday night, Saturday night kind of living that causes me to pray that our church starts a Sunday night service so I can get to it. But the life of putting the things down, letting go of the things, the people that are just a distraction, we're not helping them. They're a weight, they're a hindrance, they're not going any direction. They need the Lord. They don't need us. There are times where we're very helpful. They're listening. They're growing, but there are also times where they hit their brick wall and we're no good for them. And the same thing's true for us. We're growing too. And we can't afford to let brick walls stop us from letting God continue to raise us up, grow us up, to let go of things and set our sights on the Lord. The solution for us, if we've been just existing lately, is to let go of everything and follow the Lord. Obey. Do what he said to do. So, Peter and the apostles, they understood that it was more important to obey the Lord than to even risk their own lives because they were told, no longer speak in his name. In Acts chapter 5, verse 29, it says, but Peter and the other apostles answered and said, this is after they've been told not to speak in his name anymore. He said, we ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree, Him, God, is exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to who? Those who obey him. 
See, if you want the power, if you want the propelling, if you want the fulfilling, if you want the expression, then you need to obey. Pastor Troy has been teaching through the Gospel of John here on Building on the Solid Rock. Different than other gospel books, John introduces his book by going further back than when Jesus was born as a baby. He delved into the very nature of God and solidified throughout his writing that Jesus was the Son of God. This backdrop gives you a different insight into Jesus as a man as he lived here on earth. It's no wonder that the book of John includes so many miracles, because it's evidence that only God could do such things. If you're curious to hear more of the teachings from this book, visit our website at buildingonthesolidrock.com. You can listen online or download the message to share with others. If you've been encouraged by today's message, we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to send us an email through our website, buildingonthesolidrock.com. That's all we have time for today. Join Pastor Troy next time as he continues in the book of John on Building on the Solid Rock. Let the light of Christ shine as we grow in Him. Come have your way in us. Come